Good morning. We're going to try that again. Good morning. Welcome to this morning to uh, Center Street Church. Uh, welcome those joining online and welcome uh, those here at Central Campus, at Bridgeland, at Bears Paw, at Airdrie and South Campus. And uh, I know you can't hear it, but they are cheering in each of those, uh, each of those places. Um, if this is your first uh, Sunday with us, your first weekend with us, or you recently have started attending, we would like to get to know you. We'd like to connect with you. Please come out to our new here area. Very easy to find. Says new here right out these doors or to our connect circle. And in each of the campuses I mentioned, uh, there's folks that you can see after the service that will connect you up as well. You know, our God is a God of promise. Our God is a God of provision and generosity, and he uses us to give to his work. And so find some ways to give on the screen here in a moment. Seven different ways that you can give to the work of Center Street Church, and uh, you can also put offerings in the boxes as you go out, and there's a kiosk in the atrium as well. This is Global Missions Weekend. I am uh, Pastor Steve. I'm with Center for the City. Center for the City is our local work uh, where we bring together the work of poverty and new Canadians and Monday Night Evangelism, local partners. And in Global Mission Weekend, we're focusing on what we do nationally, what we do internationally, and what we do locally. Uh, and so all that we do locally, we do globally. And behind me, you will see uh, what you see right there, international partners. And you have been involved in supporting the work that they do uh, in the cause of justice. And so we are focusing here on justice this weekend. In our service today, we'll also have great opportunity to engage and pray with and respond to local partners sharing on video, live on stage, and out in our atrium as we open our hearts to the cause of justice. In part, we define it this way. So listen to these words. Through our commitment to bring restoration to the abused and the abuser, we will strategically align ourselves to seek out and implement godly justice, engaging in making wrongs right through our actions and partnerships where the vulnerable, the marginalized, the oppressed, and the abused are threatened, at risk, exposed, and jeopardized. You know, we send out, uh, uh, each campus sends out an email, and in the campus email that came uh, I think from Central Campus, it talked about what this weekend would be about. And I want to read this to you as well. In the past few years, the issues of equity and justice have impacted our society and our lives with great significance. But for Christians, justice should never be a passing fed. God has placed a desire in each of our hearts for godly justice and God-honoring justice. And God calls us to live lives that seek justice for others. So as we see those needs around us, and we'll talk more about that later. God-honoring justice is not only about retribution for injustices committed, but it is about the flourishing of all people, the flourishing of all of us. And so the questions that I really want you to be we're going to go on a journey here this morning. And the questions I want you to be thinking about are what does this look like for you in terms of being engaged in God-honoring justice and fighting in the cause against injustice? And how can you personally and individually make a difference? Because what's meaningful about this weekend is that you walk out of here saying, God is calling me to be about justice, and these are the ways he's calling me to do it. And so we're going to just spend more time focusing on that through the service today. I, I mentioned uh, the definition I shared earlier. I said that's kind of part of what we do. Um, and I want to just mention that it, I, I said in part because we focus on both areas of exploitation and oppression as well as making wrongs right in everyone's lives, including our own and living the life that God intended. So we're going to walk together in this way. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you're able. And uh, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to say a word of prayer and blessing about justice. And I'm doing this because you're going to see a, uh, a panel interview for about 15 minutes on video. And I want our hearts to be prepared as we think about these issues of justice, because you're going to hear some really important things. So bow your heads with me and... Uh, and I will say this word of prayer, and after the prayer, you can 
be seated. Lord, help as we may. There is no shortage of ways that we can help to heal our world, Lord. We just need the willingness to see them and the courage to act. So we pray for your inspiration and strength to use the abilities and resources we have for the sake of those who need them. We pray for those of us who have plenty of a wealth that can lift some out of poverty, of power that can influence the world towards justice and equity, of relationships that can connect those who can help each other, of creativity that can inspire and challenge through new visions, of time that can be used to feed the hungry, transport the weary, or befriend the lonely. And we pray for all who need ordinary, gifted people like us, Father God, to ease their grief, their pain, their trauma, their need, and their fear. Do not let us rest, Lord, until we have found a way to help for the cause of Christ and the cause of injustice. In your name we pray. Amen. Watch this video with me. It's so good to be with all of you here today to talk about this very important topic of justice. We have a few prepared questions for you, and we're excited to hear what you have to say about them. So, Catherine, we're going to start with you. What does God-honoring justice mean to you? Uh, God-honoring justice to me uh, means that we look to, uh, we're honoring God uh, with our actions. And one of the, the ways that we do that is uh, imitating him. Uh, we want to be like him. We want to um, imitate his character. And so we look to scripture for um, our, our understanding of what God's character is like and how he has acted with justice throughout uh, scripture and history. And uh, one of the ways, um, there are many, but one of the ways that we can imitate uh, God uh, with justice is, um, you know, his command um, uh, instructions that I'm going to bless you um, so that you can bless others. And just that reminder that, uh, you know, of all the things that God gives us, um, our homes, our, our prosperity, our wealth, family, um, security, all of those things are gifts uh, to be held onto lightly and to be shared generously with those who don't have those. Absolutely. Thank you. Stephen. Well, when I think of justice, I try to think of it in a very practical sense. What does that mean? And it's, it's in my mind, treating people fairly. It's doing the right thing, but it's also holding people accountable for their actions. And I think when we do these things, then justice is well served. I firmly believe that as people of faith, we're all called to work for justice. It's unavoidable. I also believe it's far more important and far more effective to speak what we are for instead of what we are against. God, after all, is for people. He's the giver of human dignity and hope. I often wonder if there's a realization out there that 60% of people in poverty in Canada are single women and children. That's not okay. I wonder what would happen if we decided we could change that statistic. Yeah, you'd, uh, hopefully one day we can, and I think we're all working towards that. Paul? I think that's a great point. I, I think that um, you know, just the simple concept of love your neighbor as yourself is one that I think about when I think about justice. Um, you know, to look at uh, the plight of, of someone who is um, struggling in a situation where justice isn't being applied and think, what is God calling me to do? Um, in that situation, how would I want to be treated? Uh, I also think a lot about uh, Micah six eight when I when I think about this, um, you know, to, to um, you know to to have that humility, you know, um, to, um, to 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 do the work that you're doing, uh, re reflecting that verse, um, to to walk humbly and love mercy and 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 to do justly. Um, I, I also think you know it's important to to keep in mind that. Um, this is God's justice, and 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 God, you know, He He um, we're, we're His hands and feet, but uh, He's the one exacting the justice, and uh, that's something that I try to keep in mind in the work that we're doing um, in combating human trafficking and and, uh, and raising awareness about that issue as well. Thanks, Paul. Yes, God has led the way on this issue, and um, it really is about right relationships as He's designed them. Absolutely. We're going to get a little bit more personal now with this next question. And Yuda, I'm going to start with you. Can you share a crisis event in your life that became the impetus to you stepping up to address justice? Well, it wasn't exactly a crisis, but when I decided to volunteer at the Pregnancy Care Center over 30 years ago, I had no idea that I would someday lead this organization. In fact, if someone had said that to me, I would have laughed at them. 
I would, um, the direction of my life has changed because I've decided to volunteer. I've got clients who come to me years later and have thanked me for the impact our relationship has had on their lives. But the reality is, the life that changed most dramatically is mine. I've become a better person because I've had the privilege of sharing life with people who are brave enough to ask for help. That courage against all odds gave, gives me hope that we can make a difference. Thanks, Yuza. How about you, Stephen? Well, about 30 years ago, um, I had a crisis in my life. And as a result of that, I began asking God, what's next? What do you want me to do? And he gave me a life verse, and uh, Paul's already referred to it as Micah 6, 8, uh, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And that verse has, has been part of the pathway of my life. And as I've looked at opportunities to serve, um, that verse has always been in the background. And so here, 20 years after that date that God gave me that verse, I'm at the mustard seed, and I'm, I'm providing, uh, hopefully, leadership so that, so that we can help those that have faced injustice. We can help those that, that uh, need the grace of God uh, in their lives, and we can uh, reach out and touch them and uh, make a difference in their lives. It sometimes takes a moment of crisis for God to grab our attention and move us forward, doesn't it? Thanks, Stephen. How about you, Paul? It was, it was very literally a moment of crisis that kind of knocked us off our trajectory. I say us, me and, and my wife Liz. Um, we were doing probably 180 shows around, around the world at that time, you know, every year, um, just traveling and, and uh, singing for people. And uh, Liz loves crime drama. She loves watching crime on TV. And, and uh, we were watching some documentary that was a real-life um, uh, documentary um, undercover sting operation of uh, children um, that uh, were being trafficked and uh, and an organization that was intervening on their behalf and we couldn't believe what we saw um, most goodwill people would never imagine that there's even a demand um, in the world um, to uh, exploit children sexually in this way and and um, it, it just you know it kind of stuck in our heads we, we thought is this even real and uh, not long after, um, another uh, organization, actually Samaritan's Purse, reached out to us. And uh, with, with the, the, the public platform that I have, um, thought that it might be interesting for me to come and see some of the work that they were doing and maybe be able to spread the word. And Liz and I loved doing um, anything that we could on, in that regard. And so they gave us the choice of one of 90 countries around the world. And we decided to go to the same country where that documentary was filmed, just so that we could see if we could learn more about human trafficking. And what we saw there changed our lives forever. Um, we were uh, exposed to a group that was intervening on behalf of child trafficking victims um, in Southeastern Asia and Cambodia. And the Cambodian law at that time said that um, even if you uh, were able to intervene on behalf of a child, um, they would have to be taken back um, to that situation because they were seen as owned property at that time under the law. We talk about justice and we go, where's the justice in that? And so we, um, we saw this organization, they would pay the rate that someone would have paid to take a child and do whatever they wanted to do to them during the day. And instead they would take them to a safe location and just let them be kids. And uh, feed them and, and clothe them and give them toys to play with, but at the end of the day they had to take them back. And that shattered us. It, it changed our lives forever. Um, it really deeply impacted Liz, even from the standpoint of um, you know, trauma and her health. And uh, we knew then that God had uh, put us in a situation where um, the issue of human trafficking made a dent in our lives. And uh, I really believe with this situation, I think just in the situation of justice in general, that we all have different capacities to affect change. God's given all of us a different gift. Um, but once we know about injustice, we all have the same responsibility. And I think that's the passion that all of us up on stage have and, and that we, we hope that everyone who's listening today also feels. So true. So true. Thanks, Paul. How about you, Catherine? Uh, yeah, for me, like, like you, it uh, wasn't as much one big crisis um, uh, event, uh, but a, a gradual understanding um, as I've um, I just grown and learned more at the Friendship Centre. And, uh, um, you know, just hearing more and more stories of refugees and uh, the situations that they were coming from, their journeys here, and, um, and, and the barriers that they face to flourishing here. 
And uh, uh, there was one defining moment, though, um, where I sat with um, a newcomer from South America, uh, a lawyer, brilliant, um, and she was just really struggling with the loss of everything. Um, uh, meaningful work, um, ability to read um, academic articles um, fluently, um, loss of family, community status, everything. And she just, she, she just wept and we didn't, there was a bit of a language barrier, we didn't fully understand each other, but um, I just listened and I prayed with her and, and felt um, really inadequate, like it wasn't enough. But she took English classes with us, we supported her. She went on her way and is doing well and uh, keeps in touch. And recently she texted me and uh, said, I just wanted to let you know that I got my permanent residency status, um, which is a big thing. And uh, so I congratulated her and, and she texted back and said, I just wanted you to know because NCFC is very important to me because you shook my hand when no one else did. Um, and that just, it just, just hit me that um, sometimes it seems like what we're doing is not enough, uh, but I want to be the person that shakes someone's hand. I want to be the person that sits and listens and prays, um, that says you're important and you're valuable and you're precious. Oh, thank you so much. We just need to often step out in faith and just ask God, how do you want to use me here? And each one of you have done that, which is like fantastic. Thanks for sharing. Um, Stephen, we're gonna start the next one with you. Why should we persevere to make wrongs right and stand up for those who are threatened, at risk, exposed, and jeopardized? Well, I think um, one word, image bearers, that uh, every person is made in the image of God. And because of that, we have a responsibility to, to each one of us. And when we recognize that someone who has faced injustice um, uh, is made in the image of God, then we have a responsibility as God's children to reach out, to provide support, and whatever help we can to make a difference in their life. Yuda, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think we need to ask ourselves some questions. Um, if not me, then who and why not me? If we see injustice, can we in good conscience ignore it? There is clear biblical precedence for this that makes us participants in injustice if we stand by and don't do something. How about you, Catherine? Um, I think like we never know when it will be us. Um, we, th we think we're safe and secure and comfortable, and, and uh, which maybe sounds like a selfish reason, <laughs> but there's a very uh, biblical reason as well, uh, just for continuing to do this. In, in Deuteronomy 10, um, you know, the, the people of Israel, they've been wandering for 40 years as uh, refugees from slavery, and they're about to enter this amazing promised land of walled cities and safety and grapes and milk and honey and all that good stuff. Um, and in their, their last instructions that Moses gives them, uh, he reminds them, you know, he says, God gives justice to the fatherless and the widows, um, the, the poor, and he loves the foreigners, and he gives them food and clothing. You too must love foreigners, um, because you once were strangers in Egypt. And it's just that reminder um, that we do this, when we, when, we, when we do this physically, tangibly, with the people, uh, the vulnerable people that God puts in our lives. Uh, it's a reminder of that spiritual reality that uh, we were strangers too from God's family. And I mean, in fact, we were his enemies. And he reached out with a mighty hand and he rescued us. And I don't think we can separate those realities. The more we live into the, the, the physical reality of how we address injustice, the more we understand the spiritual reality of that and the gift that it is. Absolutely. It, what a calling on all of us and how motivating it is that uh, Christ and God set that example for us. Absolutely. Paul. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Uh, we, we love because we were first loved. And uh, I've, I've been checked in my own spirit when I'm tempted to not act when I see um, injustice. Um, you hear the, the, the concept brought up quite a bit these days within society about the bystander effect, um, where you see something that you know probably isn't okay, and then, and then it's just this phenomenon where people don't do anything about it. And I, I, I've, I've thought to myself, what if Jesus had decided to be a bystander? I think about that and what he did for us and what he modeled for us. That's, that's what he wants from us. 
is to see the injustice, to see the lack of hope, to see the despair, and to stand in the gap. And, and to me, you know, that's the reason. That's why we persevere. That's what he did. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Paul. And what you explained is it's one thing to know it, but then it hits the heart and then we're motivated to move forward, right? Uh, we just have a, a minute or two left, so I'm just gonna ask one or two of you the last question. Uh, what would it look like for us as individuals to get involved? Yuda, maybe I'll ask you. Well, there's lots of ways to get involved, but it's a matter of personality, gift, and calling, I think. And um, I think humility and love need to be evident in everything we do and say. Um, each of us can take up the challenge. Each of us can do something. and. Uh, you know, there's no, no thing that's too small. If everybody did one thing, got involved with one person, I believe we could change the world. Yes, absolutely. And Catherine, how about yourself? Um, yeah, I, th I think um, um, to get involved, it starts with where, where are our hearts broken for? And if our hearts are not broken for something, ask God <laughs> to do that for you. Um, uh, just getting involved in, in seeing, ask God, show me who is my neighbor, uh, show me uh, who is struggling, um, uh, volunteering. I know some great organizations. <laughs> um, and I, I think like even just reading the Bible through the lens of justice and who are the stories of, of Hagar, um, Ruth, uh, and, and asking God, show me your justice and what you did and, and, and let that motivate, like, and what can I do then? But he's, if, if, you, if we ask him, he is going to show something to us. Absolutely, he will lead us into where he wants us to be if we're available and if we're willing to go. I just wanna thank you all so much for this time together. It's been inspirational and I know I'm gonna walk away wanting to get more involved. Thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you. Yeah, wasn't that, uh, wasn't that an amazing conversation? And it was just uh, so much fun to be engaged in that. You know, I'm so grateful for, for our partners and for their engagement in this work and, and just for their stories. And, you know, this, this work, it really rises and falls on story. And I want to introduce to you a close friend of ours, Jackie Meyer, she is from a ministry which I just love in terms of what they're doing uh, in the cause of justice called Her Victory. And, and Jackie, I want to welcome you. And uh, we're just going to have a conversation for a few minutes and then I'll share some other things. But you know, tell, me about, uh, uh, tell me about Her Victory. Tell me about what you do. Tell me about your work in, in this, this fighting in the ways of justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good morning. Um, Her Victory, we're actually located right here in the city of Calgary, and we're located on one of Calgary's last prostitution strolls. Mm. And our heart is to reach, serve, advocate, love on those that are caught in prostitution, facing exploitation, um, at risk of, or currently being trafficked, um, out of hardship, fleeing domestic violence, or any sort of crisis and trauma. And so ultimately, uh, we want to restore purpose back into her life. And so HER, H-E-R, stands for Healing Exit Restoration. And we're really a boots-to-the-ground, um, frontline ministry that really creates trusting relationships with these women and gets to know their stories and really just meet them where they're at. Mm. Boots-to-the-ground. I, I love this phrase. I, I, I need a T-shirt for that because that really is about the mission that, that we're about and what we're talking about today. You know, we heard a question on the video about, uh, I think the question was, you know, what crisis brought uh, different partners to this work? What brought you to this, this, this very um, intense and, and focused work in this type of mission? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, while I don't have lived experience, this was definitely a call on my life. Um, when God calls you to work with prostitutes or you're going to work in addictions um, with vulnerable people, it can be uncomfortable. But I can't imagine if I hadn't been obedient and had said no to the calling. Mm. 
And so her victory, we're umbrellaed under the Victory Outreach Foundation. And so I volunteered there for about 20 years. And just recently in the last six or six or seven years, really focused on our location um, in Forest Lawn. Mm. So we're located on a prostitution stroll there. And while as an outreach, we're doing wonderful, great practical work, I really felt that these vulnerable, marginalized women that were coming through the doors, we were band-aiding the issue. And so hence her victory. And so um, when women come in our doors, we're able to um, meet them where they're at. We're able to listen to their stories. We know each and every one of these women's stories personally. It opens a door for them to share, to feel trusted. And we get to just share the love of Jesus. We get to um, let them know that there's still hope, that um, they can leave their shame, their guilt, their addiction at the cross. A lot of women that come through our doors have never been prayed for. So this is the first time wow. that they're experiencing the presence of God. So, yeah, we just, we just love on them. We meet them where they're at. And we really believe it's her victory that relationships with Jesus are the bridge to res restoration. Wow, that is so wonderful. Um, you know, you, when you walked in today, you should have got sticker I put it on my water bottle. We're calling it a water bottle sticker. You can stick it where, uh, in whatever you want, a laptop and so on. But, but it really is significant. These are words that various partners, such as who you've seen on the screen, we said, you know, when you're thinking about this work of justice, what word would you use? Would you pray and give us a word? What words did you use, Jackie? It was hard to just choose one of these words as we worked through injustice of exploitation in our city. We actually chose two. Mm -hmm. We chose defend and advocate. And as Proverbs 31, 8, 9 reads, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. And so as a ministry, we respond yes, like with a resounding yes to defend and advocate this demographic that is so often silenced, living in fear, um, forgotten, invisible. And so as a ministry, we want to make sure that they are heard, that they are seen, um, that we become a voice for the voiceless. And ultimately, we really want their stories to end better than they started. Oh, wow. So, so out in the atrium, following uh, the service today, you'll see some booths set along the water wall with a number of partners, uh, including her victory, and, uh, and so it'll be an opportunity to come out and talk to Jackie. And, and Jackie, just one last quick question. Do you have a need for people to volunteer and engage in your ministry? We always have a need for more soldiers. Okay. And so we'll be out at our booth, and if this is something that's pressing on your heart or you just want to have a conversation, this is a ministry, it is a hard conversation. It can be a really mm -hmm. uncomfortable topic. But trust me, once you step out and reach, it's... It blesses you even more. So I'd love to speak with you at the booth after the service. Wonderful. Jackie, thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, uh, friends, in, uh, you've already heard a number of things as we've heard the panel discussion and what Jackie said and so on. And in these next several minutes, we want to take all that we have heard um, all of these thoughts and all of these words, and we want to seek God as we engage with issues of justice, of realities of injustice, and within our hearts consider our own call to be used of Jesus to make wrong things right. And the truth must be that this ultimately is about us, you and I, and our response to God's call to be engaged, to care, to make a difference. Because the reality is, and can I be very direct, the reality is this weekend is somewhat meaningless if you don't walk out of here feeling that God has something for you in the work and the cause of injustice in terms of what he's calling you to do to make a difference. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. We begin with God's own words. I, I just want to use a couple of scripture passages and invite you to dig, dig deeper on your own in these. But Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. 
In Jeremiah 22, verse 3, this is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in this place. In a general sense, talking about justice here is not, we're not having a political conversation. But rather it is a spiritual journey conversation that God calls us to. Focused on wrongs being made right. And the things in life and in the world and in our own hearts being made right in the grace and the love of God. So in this, we then focus on the peace. Um, the uh, biblical word, a biblical word is shalom, which means wholeness and completeness. And so we focus on the peace and justice of God. That God and all people and all of creation would be in complete relationship. This is the goal. And so along with the definition we looked at earlier, justice is about the abused and the abuser, but it also has a focus where people may not see themselves or would not see themselves in these categories. And it's, it's most clearly about that, certainly. It is about bringing restoration to those who are very clearly being oppressed. But it is also about people living a wrong story. And when you hear that phrase, and what that phrase means is living a wrong story means we are living a story which is not the one that God intended for our lives. And that may be the case for any one of us sitting, sitting here. Conversely, God-honoring justice is when everything is exactly the way that God intended it to be. And that is a spiritual journey that God takes us on, and it really is the, an eternal journey, isn't it? Because it leads to eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. One author said this, Revival in justice comes about as people see the kingdom of heaven breaking forth and things that were God's original plan for the earth getting restored. So this point is important in our overall justice discussion. We would agree that not everyone who is poor or suffering or addicted, for example, is in the situation they're in due to a miscarriage of justice. Some may be, but some are not. But as noted, God-honoring justice as well is about the restorative plan of God for all of creation. Justice then is also about this call in God's overall mission. Image bearers, each one of us as image bearers made in God's image who enjoy loving relationships with God, with ourselves, that is very critically important, with others and the rest of all of creation. This morning I'd like to suggest there's many, many places we could go, but I'd like to suggest three possible responses to issues and concerns of needs, hurt, pain, trauma, exploitation. Those are the places that we're seeking to speak into, that the Bible speaks into. Hurt, pain, trauma, exploitation. Biblical justice, which is God-honoring, first of all, it includes equality in justice. So what do we mean by that? Well, every person bearing God's image needs to be fought for. Every person needs to be fought for in terms of inherent value and dignity and respect for all. As God's people, we respond in righteous anger, and the Bible does teach that there is a place for this, and we do something about it to issues or areas of exclusion, mistreatment, disrespect, and the aims of the adversary in terms of evil. And a very clear point of, of talking about this is what the devil is about terms of injustice. Believing as true the scripture in 1 Peter, be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion 
looking for someone to devour. The cause of injustice are folks, loved ones of God, who have been devoured or the devil is trying to devour. It is Jesus' love lived out in our society to outcasts by birth or circumstance. And we use outcasts as a societal word because some in society would use this word. And also those subjected to cruelty in the pursuit of wealth, oppression, and or evil. So it is Jesus' love lived out in this way to those who are experiencing cruelty and oppression. So, so it needs to, biblical justice, which is God-honoring, it, it needs to include equality, equality and justice. Uh, it also involves us as advocates for justice. We see this uh, in our suggested scriptures, in part, Jeremiah 22. Do what is just and right, rescue from the hands of the oppressor. I don't have time to walk you through Jeremiah 22, which is such a rich which would give us such a, a, a rich understanding of oppression in that time, in this prophet's time. But very simply, Jeremiah tells the leaders of Judah that they must correct the widespread social injustice that has corrupted their nation. And a call in our own day is that same call to correct widespread social injustice that is in our own nation, that is all around us as we see these needs. Generally speaking, of course, there is then a call upon all of us to stand up for the oppressed and to be active, to pay attention, to seek to understand and work to change the plight of the oppressed. And so the goal of fighting against injustice is a goal as the Holy Spirit touches us and moves us and uses us to bring about lasting change. So we need to take great care to never turn a blind eye to the needs of injustice around us. And, and really there are no excuses for that. Uh, busyness is not an excuse. Inability in, in our own mind to do anything is not an excuse or anything else. Rather, we seek awareness and education and we stand in the gap for those who are suffering. One of the, the uh, definitions of compassion, which I most love, and I do this work every single day here at Center Street Church, is compassion, in fact, means to suffer alongside, to walk alongside other people so they would know they are loved and that there is someone there who speaks the truth and love of Jesus to them. So it includes equality and justice. Uh, we are advocates for justice. That is a calling in various ways. And God-honoring justice is a calling to spend ourselves investing our time and our, our talents uh, the resources that God has given, and treasures for those experiencing injustice. We pursue generosity. That is one of our key pursuits here, Center Street Church. And a key motivation in this, in the context of injustice, is spending and investing our lives on behalf of those experiencing injustice. Clearly, the living out of God's righteousness. And so we use all we have, as God calls us, all in fact that he has given us, money, resources, service to lift others up. One thing I want to be very clear um, about in this message is there's these, these wider issues of justice and then there's what happens in our neighborhoods. There is the person next door or the person we, we run across. And part of that, part of this journey towards justice is about being sure that others we run across know that they have great value in the kingdom of God and in God's sight. And, and you know, I, I, um, I wanted to share, just to be very personal for a moment, one of the most impactful stories for me, I think, in my entire life was someone named Neil who I ministered to. He was a, he was a homeless man. He'd um, been involved in addictions, and so he had some brain damage. So he called me Dave. My name's Steve, but he called me Dave all the time when we would have uh, conversations with each other. And, and one day he came to me and he, he brought me this, this wind chime. And it was some sparrows. And it was actually a beautiful wind chime, but he found it in a 
garbage can down, downtown on Stephen Avenue, and, and he pushed this into my hands. And I knew it was very precious to him. Every night he would kind of take it out where I worked at the mustard seed, and he would polish it and so on. It meant a lot to him. And he pushed it in my hands, and I said, no, 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 Neil, I can't take that. And he started to cry, and tears started to come down his face. And he said to me, no, you don't say that to me. You, I know that I don't have any value. I know that I'm not worth much, but I need to know that for once in my life, I can do something of value for someone else. And that is part of what we're talking about. That is what it means to bring justice and to fight against injustice, even in these ways of um, very simple but powerful relationship. So to apply this and to consider our part in it, I ask you to open your heart to the following. The plan for fighting injustice in God's will is us. The plan, you want to know, well, what's God's will in this, Pastor? What are you saying? The plan is you and me. And this is a calling to react to hurt and injustice we see in the world by doing something about it. And it is a calling to be proactive once we begin towards that which is about preventing such wrong and sin as we educate, as we live out, and as we promote change. And we have to believe, my friends, that change is possible. Found this, this quote yesterday and uh, inserted it in the message, and I just loved it. St. Augustine said this. Listen closely. Citizenship in the city of God means laboring as an ambassador of the way things ought to be hoping to bend the way things are to follow the arc of justice. We respond to the reality of evil so long as we recognize that only resurrection can overcome it. And of course, that is the resurrection of Jesus. Evil and injustice is not a puzzle to be solved, but it is an incursion and invasion to be beaten back. Hear those words very clearly today. Evil and injustice is not a puzzle to be solved, but it is an incursion and an invasion to be beaten back. So this change, found only through relationship and commitment to the ways of God and Jesus himself, is promoted as we proclaim the value of each person in God's creation, just like the story of Neil. As we speak against the sin that we see around us, as we move people away from brokenness to salvation and restoration, as we focus on helping people stay safe in community. And this is about bringing God's healing to situations, to pain, to circumstances. This is the essence of biblical justice, being active to respond to the needs around us, meeting these out of our personal passion for truth. The Bible tells us that uh, Jesus says, I am making all things new. God will make everything new. And that is what we are working towards. We work towards believing in prayer and service that a day is coming that when all that is wrong will be made right. No more tears, no more sadness, no more death, no exploitation, hurt, or injustice. Things will be the way that God intended. This is our hope. And we work towards this reality in eternity. We serve in such a way, seeking an end to injustice in all of its aspects. And we do this, by the way, and I, I mentioned it earlier, through our commitment to Jesus Christ and bringing about the, the world, the kingdom that God is building. We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it becomes not just something we do, oh, I, I feel obligated that I need to do this thing, but it is a lifestyle change. It's not service, although service is a part of it, but it is how I live. It is a change in my life perspective. I love these verses just as we come to, to close. Isaiah 58, verses 10 and 11 if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. 
He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So, all of the words that, that you have heard, all of the things that I have said are meaningless, as I mentioned earlier, if you cannot take them and connect them to what God is saying to you today and providing a way of involvement as soon as you leave uh, where you are worshiping, this worship center, or, or when you're finishing engaging online. And so in this very hour, in this very next hour, on this very day, we can um, suggest some things that will allow you to connect up in this work of uh, justice and fighting, uh, standing up for the cause of, uh, against the cause of injustice. Um, so the water bottle sticker is one thing that we mentioned. Um, that's not just a colorful kind of gift to take home um, as you walk out of here, but that is a prayer list. And so we want you to take that with you and want you to use it, put it on your water bottle or wherever you're going to put it where you're going to see it and, uh, and pray through those words that are there. That is your prayer list through this week. So, so that's one way in which you can connect kind of right away. Uh, this church is, the second thing is this church is a church of prayer. This church was built on the power of prayer and we, uh, we, we just love prayer. Prayer is such a centering focus of what we do. And, uh, and so we love these prayer evenings that we've been having and just, just the focus and the movement about that. Our next day of prayer, May 18th, is going to be focused on God honoring justice so uh, look on the website for a little bit more information about that, 7 p.m. on the 18th of May. And, and we encourage you, and I spent some time doing this myself this morning, go online, go to cschurch.ca slash global to learn more about the partners that you have seen and the work that is being done uh, in, in the whole area of justice. There's five videos on there, five short videos from some of our partners, and some of those partners, as I said, will be out here in the atrium, and you can go and, and chat with them. So go to uh, cschurch.ca global um, for that. And then we talked about Center for the City. So the BUILD campaign, the BUILD project, which is happening as an expansion to this building, includes obviously room for children's ministries and for Center for the City. And Center for the City, again, is this area in which we're going to focus on in, to, in terms of local mission and vision and outreach on our work with those in poverty and new Canadians, outreach and evangelism, and these local partners. And uh, you will find, there's cards out in the atrium, and you can go to this QR code, and this QR code is going to lead you to an information session in a time of orientation and training so that you can volunteer as God directs you in Center for the City in the work of local justice. And so that work is, again, with new Canadians, with those in poverty, with those that are being ministered to on the streets of Calgary through Monday night evangelism and so on. That is coming up in August. So go to the QR code, fill that out. We'll get in touch with you this week and talk to you about what that looks like. And so it's a great opportunity to engage in that way. I'm going to ask you to... Um, uh, to stand um, with me at this time, if you would uh, rise, if you're able. And uh, anytime God, anytime God speaks to us, it is a holy moment. And and one thing I want to say is that that the the reality of the action point and response to this is that God is calling you. It's not if. God is calling each of us to something in this work of justice. We are called to justice from God. And that may look different, and that will look different for each of us. That may be prayer. God is calling you. You know what? You need to be an intercessor, and you need to be in prayer. You need to uh, find this information and have this education so that you can pray in these ways. It may be relationship, like my story of Neil. There may be someone that you know, wow, they are suffering, and you could walk alongside them, and you could suffer alongside them. And so it may be relationship. It may be volunteering. We need volunteers both locally, Center for the City, as I mentioned, and the folks that are out here at the atrium that you can go out and chat with along the water wall, 
and the folks that you see on our website, they also need people to engage in and volunteer with them as well. So there's that opportunity to volunteer and to be an advocate in the name of Jesus for those who are suffering. So I just want to um, take a moment and, uh, and I want you to just spend some time with, the God, uh, with God on that. Uh, just take a silent moment. Again, in terms of the question that we ask every weekend, what's God saying to you? And what does he want you to do about it? And, and you know what? This has been a key for me in the past. If, you're, if your heart is in your throat right now on anything you've heard here, it may be God saying, there's something I want you to do about this. So would you bow your heads? And we're going to take a moment of silence. Prayer partners can actually make their way forward at this time. And then I'm just going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, you are you're all about justice. You're all about, for each one of us, the fact that we would know that we would belong. The fact that we would know that we don't have to live a wrong story. And as we look around us and we see great needs in, 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 this, in, in Calgary, in Airdrie, in our province, in our country, we see such great needs, Father God, there is this very real sense that you are calling us to respond. And that may again be in prayer, that may be in relationship, that may be in some other way. But Father God, let us not walk out of this place without a sense that you have something for us out of this focus on justice. And so Father God, may, as we see um, uh, above the doors of this church, as we leave the church, we are entering a mission field. And it's a mission field that includes great injustice. Would you use us, Father God, as we go forward in the name of Jesus, making a difference in others' lives so that they would know the truth of Jesus. So, Father God, use us in these ways. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you this week.